coming up on the Rami La V podcast, we recap Thursday night football and we preview all the games for Sunday and Monday as we head into a Jewish holiday weekend. So we are going to preview and pick all the games on Sunday this coming up week. All that and a whole lot more coming up right after this on the Rami La V podcast. Stay tuned. One of the things I talk about on this podcast a lot is the stigma against mental health. I think, unfortunately, there has been a stigma, but we're slowly breaking it. And if you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, overwhelmed, or maybe you just want to talk to someone, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help access your specific needs and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours plus you can exchange unlimited text messages and everything you share is completely confidential so i talk about on this podcast how your mindset towards things changes everything one of the things that i learned in therapy was that join the two million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced better help therapist get 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com slash rami that's my first name that's better help b-e-t-t-e-r H-E-L-P dot com slash R-A-M-I, my first name, Rami. If you use that link, the link is in the description, in the podcast notes. If you use that link, you'll get 10% off and it'll also help me out. So please do that. I'm telling you it's worth it. Do it today. Welcome back to the Rami La Vie podcast, episode 165. And we have a quicker show but a great show for you today as always as we will be talking nfl football if you haven't been paying attention there has been a ton of content coming through on the uh in-flight snack feed my new podcast with bilal powell what's so cool is to see like a world-class athlete and getting to know him a little bit he's a world-class dude and it's been super fun we've been coming been becoming friends um pretty quickly uh so definitely Super cool, and there's a lot of Jets content over there. He's kind of shifted a little bit, I should say. He's shifted my my mindset towards the rest of this Jets season, and it's kind of interesting if you listen to the two episodes, the episode I did on this platform on Wednesday, and then the episode I hosted on Thursday with Bilal, just the contrast between the two where it's like, okay, you know, you suffered a loss. Now what? That was a big theme in Hard Knocks. Now what? Like, what do we do now? And that was kind of the theme of the Jets video they put out. But Bilal said the same thing to me. He's like, hey, look, there's a bunch of guys in that locker room, you know, who don't care. They didn't care that the national media was sucking them off when they thought they were going to be great and win a championship. And they don't care that the that the national media is now totally not even giving them a chance and totally moved off of them uh, now that Rodgers is hurt. So It's the same mentality in that locker room. Those guys are still, they're going to get ready. They're going to come ready to play and they're going to try and play their asses off and try and win a game every single Sunday because they believe in themselves and they believe in this team. And you saw it really on Sunday. You saw our sorry Monday. You saw how they turned around and you saw how, you know, they just played their asses off and they came back. And there's something inspiring about that. Over the course of a full season, I think we'll get brought down back to earth pretty quickly and it'll become, you know, frustrating how quickly that might wear off of kind of like that fire, that power. Is that going to wear off in the locker room quickly? It's certainly possible. But until then, this is still a season. There was a chance that this team was going to go 3-3 three and three or 2-4 and four even with Aaron Rodgers. It's a tough schedule to start. 
So you got to keep battling. And if at the bye week, it's really gone to hell and Zach Wilson's clearly not it, look into Zach Wilson. Look into Kirk Cousins or something like that. But until then, it's Zach's team, and I think he'll have a, a few weeks to prove it. It really all depends on what happens on Sunday. So let's get into some of the games. And speaking of Kirk Cousins, started Thursday night. The week started. I gave you my pick. I'm 2-0 and on the week so far. Starting off a lot better than last week's picks. Uh, I told you it would be... I told you I liked the adjusted numbers in both. If you took those two adjusted numbers, if you took Philly minus three and a half and over 45 and a half, and you parlayed them at plus 122, that was a winner. Both of them were winners. So I'm going to count it as two and oh, Philly minus three and a half and the over 44 and a half in the game. Both hit the over 48 and a half also hit, uh, but Philly minus seven, which eventually moved to minus six and a half did not hit. They ended up winning by six. So moving that number down just a little bit was perfect. Now, as far as the game itself, I want to read these stats to you because Philly puts up 34 points and they win by six. Let me read these stats. 31 of 44 for 365 yards and four touchdowns and no picks. Those are the numbers of Kirk Cousins. And this is what Kirk Cousins does. If you watch the game, you would have been like, Kirk Cousins put up those numbers and yeah, I guess they're inflated a little bit because he had a couple of big touchdown passes. He's not the reason they lost, but he certainly held them back for long enough in this game. And sure, he was playing with the Minnesota Vikings defense, which we'll get to in a second. This isn't the New York Jets defense, which is why I still think Kirk Cousins is a more than capable quarterback who can be great in this league. I don't want to say great, but can win a Super Bowl in this league with the right team around him. But this is what separates him. This is what it feels like. It's a t- the type of quarterback that when you look at the stats, you're like, how's he not the guy? And then somehow he's not the guy. Justin Jefferson had 11 catches for 159 yards. Jordan Addison had only three catches, 72 yards. All 62 of the 72 yards, so all but 10 of the yards, came on that one 62-yard touchdown pass, which was fantastic. But this is the Kirk Cousins thing. Jalen Hurts wasn't great. He was only 18 for 23. He had 193 yards, a touchdown, a pick. He also did, of course, run for two touchdowns, 12 attempts, 35 yards. That's what he does. It's the same thing with the Eagles every time. And just such an interesting thing when you watch this team, when you watch, first of all, the Eagles. Like, I didn't think the Eagles were that great. I didn't think they were dominating, right? They dominated time and possession. They were just running the ball, but didn't feel like they were dominating. Like, Jalen Hurts was just standing back there all day and he couldn't really pick apart the secondary. And now, so what they did was, was really interesting what Minnesota did was they rushed three all day. They're like, hey, we won't get a pass rush on him. If he tries to run, we'll, we'll have guys in the secondary to step up. So it was like, you can't run because we'll just step up in the secondary. You can't throw because there's eight guys sitting in zone against four receivers. So it's really hard to throw right now, but he had all day to sit back. There was just a really weird football game to watch. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, people at the beginning of the year were starting to say, and this is one of the things where I said I, I was kind of wrong on this. The Vikings might actually be really bad this year. I mean, that game plan made no sense to me. I know the defense isn't great. I know the secondary isn't great. But just rushing three, never pressuring him at all, never feeling the need or the urgency was just... Such a weird way to such so anticlimactic. You talk about how aggressive the Jets defense was going after it, going for the ball constantly. 
forcing turnovers, making big hits, making big plays. This is the opposite of that. It was the least aggressive defense I've ever seen in my life. And by the way, Alexander Madison, just to pull up his numbers for a second also, because this is a guy who everyone talked about, was always that guy that felt like he was handcuffed by um, by Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin Cook is there, so he can never get as many carries as he should. This is a guy who should be starting. Every time he comes into the game, he's fantastic. All he needs is to get full-time reps, and he'll be really good. Or so we thought. So Alexander Madison fans all celebrate when ultimately they cut Dalvin Cook, and now it's Madison's team, and everyone's so high on him. He had eight carries for 28 yards last night. Now, I know they pretty much went away from him after that, but he had only three catches for 11 yards on six targets. And by the way, his long catch was 16 yards, so he had a minus in there. This guy might just not be good, and it might be the scheme. It might just be because they're always playing from behind, and they have to put up a ton of points with that defense. But this is a guy who you're not, you can't rely on him to hand the ball off. Some guys are just really good as a second running back. And that's all they'll ever be. But then it's like you make him the starting running back. And you're like, wait, why is this guy? He's, this guy's not good at all. So I know Dalvin Cook wasn't great last year, but he's better than this. And so that's confusing as well. Like I said, I still wasn't impressed with Philly. But the one thing that did stand out, and if you watch this game, it's so evident. This is how they got as far as they did. They had an offensive line and defensive line that were just fantastic. And I know I talked about Minnesota only rushing three, but... Still, it's felt like Jalen Hurts had all day back there to throw. And that's the huge difference of the game. He just stands back there and waits and waits and waits. And on the other side, they're getting pressure with three and four. They don't even have to blitz. And ultimately, this is what we talked about so many times last year. right? We talked about how Philly never felt like it was great. Oh, they had a couple of plays here, a couple of plays there. Who they really play? And then ultimately, at the end of the day, they were in the Super Bowl because their offensive line was dominant, their defensive line was dominant. And Jalen Hurts is just not going to give the ball away too much. He's not going to make a ton of mistakes. And I know a lot of people have been talking about that he's had more turnovers this year than he had in the last seven games or whatever last year. Okay, so what? So he's taken a couple of chances. He hasn't been perfect this year. No, he hasn't been as better, as good, I should say, as he was last year yet. But he hasn't been bad. I think he looks even more comfortable this year and understands the game a little bit more understands okay if I could do we always talk about the mental side of it we talk about it with Zach Wilson where it's like Zach stop trying to force things stop trying to do too much take what the defense is giving you don't hesitate all of those things are things that Jalen Hurts has mastered in this league and that's why this team has a real chance to go far last thing on Thursday night football and then we'll pick the games and when we pick the games we're going to pick Monday night as well I'm not going to have a Monday podcast I will have a Monday podcast, obviously, with Bilal Powell and Flight Snack Jets podcast. Usually, we'll have two podcasts for you every Monday, um, but this week, we're going to have only one Monday podcast, uh, which is going to be the In-Flight Snack podcast, and then um, that's just because of the holidays this week. So, it's going to be a little bit uh, different, the scheduling, because of the holidays, the Jewish holidays coming up. So, this week, we'll recap either on... Wednesday's episode whatever Tuesday night Wednesday's episode will be the recap we'll do the recap of the whole week once I've had time to digest everything we'll do the week recap of the whole uh, week two of the NFL on Wednesday's episode and then we'll do picks again on Friday but before we get to the picks for this week the rest of the picks as great week off to 2-0 start 
the last thing from Thursday Night Football was Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson was magnificent. And the craziest part was it felt like for most of the game, it didn't feel like he was doing that much. It didn't feel like he was doing a ton. And then just a few throws, and you're like, how does he already have 160 yards in this game? He's so unstoppable. It feels like they, when they put two or three on him, it opens up everything for everyone else. They showed that a few times with K.J. Osborne. Justin Jefferson is just unbelievable, and I see why he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. All right, let's get to Sunday's game. Let's first let's take a quick break, and then we'll talk about all the games on Sunday. All right, coming back with Sunday's games. Here we go. Let's start on Sunday. Uh, have it in front of me at 1 p.m. Green Bay is at Atlanta. Jordan Love after his huge debut. Packer fans really feeling themselves right about now. I can't blame them, but at the same time, my God, I do I hate them. <laughs> They're really proud of themselves. They're proud that they have this quarterback who's now going to be the next it guy. They were going to beat the Bears no matter what, but they have this guy now, and Aaron Rodgers is hurt. They feel like they won. They're happy that the Jets are suffering, I guess, whatever. I, you know what? You don't get your first-round pick. And by the way, it sounds like Rodgers. Rodgers talked to the media today, or the media. He talked to Pat McAfee, who technically is the media, and he said, oh, just doubt me. All I need is a little bit more doubt. He still has that chip on his shoulder. Now, ultimately, the actual rehab could wind up being too grueling. He's too old. Maybe he just physically can't do it. But it sounds like mentally he is tough enough, and he wants to do it now. The one thing I will say about this, and maybe I'll talk to Bilal about it, but I don't want to yet because, like I said, it's still in season. I still want it to be positive, but we'll we'll bring it up if we have to. Aaron Rodgers loves the attention. He loves to do the whole song and dance, make it about me the whole offseason. And I said that no matter what, Aaron Rodgers going into the offseason was going to do this coming up after this year. He was going to probably do the whole song and dance. Now he's going to do it all year. He's going to be like, am I coming back next year? Am I not coming back next year? It depends on my rehab. How's my rehab going? How am I feeling? Do I feel like I can be the same guy? Do I not feel like I can be the same guy? This part, this fits in perfectly for Aaron Rodgers, so we'll see what happens. But he's not ruling out coming back even this year. If there's a playoff run, he thinks he can make it in time. The surgeon who did his surgery was also the same surgeon who did Cam Akers' surgery in the preseason a couple years ago. That was a little bit different. It was a little bit earlier, but Cam Akers came back in five and a half months, but that's a running back. It's much easier to play quarterback. Of course, Cam Akers is also in his early 20s. Aaron Rodgers is 39 years old, so we'll see, but he sounds like he's motivated and definitely wants to come back, and I'm excited about that. Now, to Sunday, to the Packers in Atlanta. Atlanta wins. A lot of people like Atlanta's roster. I love their weapons. They just never get the ball to these weapons. I like Tyler Tyler Algier, who's, you know, they, they hand the ball off a ton to him. I like Bijan Robinson. That's one of the best run two, one-two punches as far as running backs in the league. But Kyle Pitts and Drake London are just wasting away there because they don't get the ball to them with Desmond Ritter. So the line right now is minus one and a half for Atlanta. We also saw their defense look pretty good against Carolina, but I think Carolina has a bad offense line, rookie quarterback in his first ever career start. The over-under is 40 and a half. I think maybe the numbers, and it jumped out to me, a lot of the numbers are 40, 40 and a half, 38, 37, 39. We'll go through it. The numbers feel lower. Maybe they over-adjusted for last week where there were so many unders hitting, it felt like. So maybe they're over-adjusted a little bit. I like the over in the game. I think both defenses aren't as great as people think. I think they'll both put up points. I like over, and I like Green Bay money line, which is Green Bay right now is even odds. They're they're plus 100 
on the money line. So I like Green Bay on the money line, even though Atlanta's favored by minus a half. I'm not even going to take the plus one and a half with Green Bay. I like them to win outright in Atlanta and start 2-0. and And you think Packer fans are peacocking now. They're really going to be peacocking after being 2-0 and and Rodgers being out for the year. Chicago, the team that got crushed by the Packers last week, is at Tampa. And it's really time for Justin Fields. It's put up or shut up time. Like, people are on to you. I talked about it last year on the podcast. Oh, he's entertaining. He's not good. Now people are finally starting to catch on. Tampa's favored by two and a half. The over-under, again, 40 and a half. Again, I like the over in this game as well. I like Tampa minus two and a half. I think Tampa covers the number. And I also think the over hits in this game. Seattle is at Detroit. And I want to stand by my guns, but I just thought Seattle was so bad. I said after Thursday Night Football this week, or last week, I should say, Detroit was going to get demolished at home by Seattle. But then I remembered, I don't like Seattle at all this year. I think Seattle is one of the worst teams. I think Geno Smith is about to revert to the Geno Smith of old. And it kind of makes me nervous to take Seattle. But Detroit's minus four and a half, over under 47 and a half. I don't like the number. I would stay away from this game. That's that's my truthful opinion. I would totally stay away because I really do think Geno Smith is going to struggle this year. And I want to ask Bilal about that as well. He played with Geno Smith, so I'm going to ask him about uh, Geno. And the reason I'm going to ask him about Geno is because he's a guy who struggled mightily and then all of a sudden turned into, what, a different quarterback, if you want to call him that, once he left the Jets. So I'm wondering if that's possible uh, for Zach Wilson to turn it around when all we've seen from him is pretty, pretty bad. If he could possibly turn it around, so I'm going to ask Bilal about that. We'll obviously have more of an answer on Sunday after Sunday's game. But Geno Smith, I don't think is going to be very good. So minus four and a half for Detroit, though. I still, I like Detroit's offense. I, I like Jared Goff. I take Jared Goff over Geno Smith easily. But I think it's the Lions. The Lions overhyped in a home opener. Something just feels wrong about that. I'm going to take Seattle plus four and a half. Although if you, listen, the two overhyped teams, you had, you had the Detroit Lions who are never hyped. They're overhyped. You had the Jets who are overhyped. They're never hyped up. It went way better for Detroit. They won their game in Kansas City and left with their roster intact. Went much better for them than it went for the Jets, obviously, who lose Aaron Rodgers and all the hype with it. And Bilal said on my podcast on In-Flight Snack, it doesn't necessarily seem like a bad thing. So uh, go listen to more of that on In-Flight Snack if you'd like to. Of course. Las Vegas is at Buffalo. Buffalo has to recover from a terrible, terrible game against the Jets. Like, I think they lost that game as much as the Jets won it. Obviously, the Jets were fantastic, but Josh Allen just gave it away to that defense. Four turnovers is unacceptable. Considering the emotional just turmoil that the Jets team must have been going through on the sideline over there, one of the players, I forget which one, said he found out because he saw the look on Robert Sala's face after they told him what the diagnosis was. They, they came to Salah on the sideline, and he thought he might have heard what they said, but he wasn't sure if he heard. But then once he saw the look on Salah's face, and we all saw it on TV, he was certain that what he heard was true, that the diagnosis was, in fact, accurate, and that Rodgers was going to be out for the season. So really tough way to find out if you're a teammate of Aaron Rodgers. Um, but Buffalo couldn't take advantage of that. A team that was down, a team that felt out, a team that felt like their season is over before it even started. Shame on Buffalo for not being able to take advantage of that. And that falls primarily on the quarterback, on Josh Allen, who turned the ball over four times. Give credit to Jordan Whitehead. Give credit to the Jets' defensive front. But, uh, I again, I'm 
if I'm the Bills, I'm furious that you didn't win that game. But Vegas, I don't think is very good. They're coming off a win against Denver, who I don't think is very good either. Worst coach in the league, Sean Payton. But Vegas has a pretty bad coach themselves. The number is minus eight and a half for Buffalo's home opener. I'm sure there'll be something with DeMar Hamlin. I also think DeMar Hamlin is going to sit again this week. I saw a funny video where they were, uh, I think it was a barstool video where they did like kind of a, a sketch comedy skit about having to cut DeMar Hamlin. But we might be getting close to that. He's not very good. And maybe, you know, coming back from the health scare, he's just not fully healthy yet. But it's kind of sad. He's not a very good football player. And there might be a decision to be made there about cutting him anyway. Don't really want to talk about that on the podcast. But eight and a half is a huge number. I don't love big numbers. The over under is 47 and a half. But I'm going to take it. I think Buffalo is going to come home. And you know Josh Allen. Josh Allen goes from like play to play. Some people have inconsistent games where one game they're great, one game they're terrible. Josh Allen will have a a play where he looks like Superman. And then the next play he'll look like Zach Wilson. So it's really weird. I don't remember ever seeing a quarterback quite like that. But I do think in this game, again, this team was a 13-win team last year. Even with all the drama that they had. I like Buffalo in this game. Minus eight and a half, I'm taking Buffalo, and I think they can actually potentially cover the 47 number on their own. So I do like the over in this game as well. 47 is a high number, eight and a half is a high number. If you can take a team to cover the eight and a half, you pretty much want, pretty much want them to also have the over 47 and a half. Uh, we'll get to the Jets. There's an interesting point on that one somebody made this week. The Chargers, the overhyped Chargers are at Tennessee. A lot of people are expecting a big bounce back. Their offense looked really good, but ultimately they couldn't stop Tua Tungavailoa and Tyreek Hill. They're at Tennessee. Tennessee loses in week one against New Orleans, a team that some people are kind of high on, but not really high on. Like you shouldn't lose to Tennessee or you shouldn't lose to New Orleans rather. So the Chargers are minus three. Tennessee is plus three. The over-under is 45 and a half. So here's what I'm doing. I'm alternating. I'm going to do an alternate line. I'm going to do this a bunch this week. You're going to hear this. I'm buying myself a point, a half a point, I should say, because I think Tennessee will keep it within a field goal or a field goal max. So instead of plus three, I'm going to take Tennessee plus three and a half. That gets you at minus 142. So still a good number there if you want to take that bet on your own. But if you parlay it with under 49 and a half, which is a pretty big number, it's still not a huge number. You're buying four points there. The Chargers could definitely put up 40 points on their own. I don't think they will. That's minus 194. And the parlay together is plus 148. I like both of those bets. So under 49 and a half, Tennessee plus three and a half. Parlay together is plus 148. Baltimore is at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is minus three. The over under is 46 and a half. I'm going to take Cincinnati minus three. I think coming off the embarrassment, I think Joe Burrow has a week under his belt. I think Baltimore loses J.K. Dobbins, and I think that's going to prove to be pretty bad. They played really sloppy. It felt like Houston was kind of still in that game. I know the final score was 25-9. to It was a two-touchdown game more, but it felt weirdly close that whole game. And I, I always said Houston, I think, is the worst team in the league. We'll talk about Houston in a second. I do think Houston is still the worst team in the league. I think Joe Burrow comes out firing with Jamar Chase, and I think they put up a lot of points. I'm not going to I'm going to stay away from that number 46 and a half, but I'm going to take Cincinnati to win and cover minus 3. Indianapolis is at Houston. Houston is minus 1 and a half in this game. I told you I don't love Houston. The over under is 39 and a half. 
I'm taking Indianapolis money line. I love what I saw from Anthony Richardson. I like what I saw from this team. And I think Houston is one of the worst teams in the league. Had a chance to compete against Baltimore. So maybe you would think that I would say, oh, they were pretty competitive against Baltimore. Minus one and a half. They, I think they should win this game or at least take Indianapolis. Why take them on the money line? Take them maybe to cover the one and a half. No, I like Indianapolis to win outright in this game. It's plus 108. I think Houston's the worst team in the league. I'm going with my gut. I think they confirmed it last week. I'm going to continue with that until they prove otherwise. Kansas City is at Jacksonville. It's plus three and a half. The over-under is 51 and a half. Kansas City, I like them at minus two and a half. I think they'll win by a field goal. We know Jacksonville looked great last week. Everyone's high on Jacksonville. We get it. Another team, speaking of hanging around in games, Indianapolis kind of hung around in that game. It's the big week where everyone's like, oh, there's no wide receivers. Travis Kelsey's back, baby. I think Kansas City is going to win. Why did I buy half a point? Because, or a point, I should say, because I don't know if they'll cover a field goal more than a field goal. So I don't love three and a half, but I like Kansas City minus two and a half, which is minus 150. And if you alternate the over from 51 and a half to 47 and a half, your odds become minus, that's minus 186. And you parlay them together, giving you lots. Of, this is my, my method play. If you don't know me, if you haven't been following along, this is what I do. I have a system. This is my system play. Take an alternate side, an alternate total, parlay them together, get a little bit of plus money, and that's how you make bets. That's how you make money. It's what I've been doing for you the last couple of years if you've been following along. Plus 159 if you parlay KC minus 2.5 and the over 47.5. I love it. I don't like it. I love it. Take that plus 159. And you'll have a winner Sunday at 4 p.m. As we move to the later games, there's two 4 p.m. games, two 425 games. So not loaded like it was last week. There's also two Monday night football games this week. So kind of different schedule already in week two. San Francisco is at L.A. San Francisco had the most convincing win, arguably, in the league last week outside of Dallas. Right. They were incredible against a team that was super hyped in Pittsburgh. The Rams, I thought. Aaron Donald looked healthy. I thought Matthew Stafford looked great. They had a huge win, but apparently people don't love Seattle anyway because San Francisco is minus seven in the game. LA Rams are plus seven. The over-under is 44 and a half with the great defense. To me, this is a total stay away. I could see this going either way. Yes, even though I do think San Francisco is one of the best teams in the league, it's early in the season with how good the Rams looked last week. I Can I really... Take San Francisco minus seven. Do I know if San Francisco's defense is going to be so good that there won't be 44 and a half points scored in the game? But the LA Rams put up 30 something points last week. To me, this is a total stay away. What I will say, I do think the Rams or I do think the Niners win the game. So I have San Francisco on the money line, which is minus 310 that I like anything else. I'm not touching. The Giants are at the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are plus four and a half. The over-under is 39 and a half. To me, this is must win for the Giants. You cannot lose the Cardinals. I know the Cardinals played in a close game last week. Washington's not very good. We'll talk about Washington next. I think it's pathetic that Washington kept that game so close. A four-point game, 20 to 16. I do. I don't love that. The Giants looked awful last week. I don't think they could possibly look worse. I don't think the Giants are going to cover four and a half, though. I don't trust them. I think they win by a field goal. I like Giants minus two and a half. That's at minus 184. If you parlay that with over 34 and a half, which is really should be easy to hit. 
I brought the number down by five points just because I wanted to get you a little bit more juice. 180, minus 184 is pretty good. That's minus 250. Parlay them together. You have plus 111. But to me, this game is a total stay away. I would not touch it. So both of those four o'clock games, I would not touch. I don't know. I have no feeling about San Francisco and the Rams. And I have no feeling about this Giants team because I think they might stink. And even though Arizona is one of the worst teams in the league, this could be one of those games that I see Arizona stealing. So I don't know. Maybe go the other way. Maybe take Arizona plus four and a half. That would actually might actually be the play. Unless the Giants just start. It was a fluke last week. I don't know. Arizona plus four and a half. I'm going back and forth, dude. This is why it is a stay away to me. 425, I mentioned, mentioned Washington, so we'll start there. Washington, which I think gave their game away against a team that I think stunk also last week in Denver. Denver is minus three and a half. The over-under is 38 and a half. The under might just be the number. Just take the under. Just assume there's going to be a ton of interceptions both ways. But I think Russell Wilson backs, bounces back. I think the worst coach in the league, Sean Payton, maybe bounces back. Denver's minus three and a half. Let's take Denver minus three and a half. I think they cover. I think Washington was that bad last week. And the final 425 game, I talked about it with Bilal. The line moved since I talked about it yesterday with Bilal. It was Jets minus nine and a half, or sorry, Jets plus nine and a half, Dallas minus nine and a half. Now it's Dallas minus eight and a half. So obviously a lot of people are betting the Jets. I thought that number was too big for that Jets defense. The over-under is 38 and a half. So that was what was interesting. The over-under didn't move. So it's 38 and a half and Dallas minus nine and a half. So that means Vegas thinks Dallas could win by 10. Which means they have to score 10 more points in the Jets. And it would still be under 38 and a half. So what would the final score be? 20 to 10? They really don't trust Zach Wilson at all. They think he's going to throw at least one or two interceptions. I like the Jets plus 10 and a half. I think they could definitely cover that. So I moved the line. I actually bought two points. Yesterday, it would have been only one point. That's still only minus 142. So that's a good bet right there. Jets plus 10 and a half. This defense will keep them in it. I think they rush three. They get pressure with three. They rush four. They get pressure with four. You still have seven or eight guys in the secondary. Confuse the hell out of Dak Prescott. And they could still stop the run, even rushing three and four. And so confuse Dak Prescott. Have him throw into that Jets secondary, that zone coverage. Make him hold the ball for a long time hit him, sack him, and have him throw interceptions. I think he'll give it away a couple times. Bilal talked about it. And special teams is going to be huge. If you win the special teams battle, even if you sack him a couple times, you don't turn the ball over, but you get good field position. Greg Zerline is on the injury report, but I think he's going to be fine for Sunday. He's indoors. I think if you get close, he could kick field goals from 60 yards in those conditions. I think the Jets will win the field goal position, will win the field goal battle. I still ultimately think Dallas is a really good team. I do think this is an overreaction to them winning 40-0 against the Giants team that after running the ball down their throat for three plays decided, hey, we're going to abandon the run completely here. I don't think that's the right decision. I think the second possession, the fact that the Giants threw the ball three times is ridiculous. Made no sense to me. I think the Jets will ground and pound, run the ball right down their throat. I don't trust Zach Wilson. I hope he can just, I know he's going to have to make a couple of big third down throws. He probably won't be able to make them. Maybe he makes one. I think they're going to definitely challenge him. No safety help over the top. They're probably going to play press coverage on the receivers and put eight guys in the box. If Zach Wilson can just make two or three big throws downfield in the game, and then they just run the ball the rest of the way, and the defense and special team dominates, I think the Jets will cover the number. I do think Dallas will win. I'll adjust the number also if you want to parlay, want to get a little bit more juice. I So I like Jets plus 10.5, but if you want to make a parlay again, 
It's minus 142 for Jets plus 10.5. But if you want to parlay that with under 45.5 in the game, total, that's minus 330, which is not great. But if you parlay them together, it's plus 109 for the Jets plus 10.5 and under 45.5 in the game. I think both defenses are really good. There's not going to be a ton of points scored. We go to Sunday night football. Miami is at New England. Kind of weird loss for New England last week. A huge win. The overhyped machine is the Miami Dolphins this week. Everyone, Tua, talking about all confident. And it's cool. It's awesome to see Tua kind of talking back to the media, being confident. Started with Ryan Clark, with him going back at him about, you know, putting on some weight because he needs to protect himself. And Ryan Clark called him a little chunky. And him saying, I, people say you can't throw deep. First of all, he can't throw deep still. He's like 466 or whatever, however many yards he threw. So, all those things that uh, Tua, I kind of like it. I kind of like his feistiness. I think that bodes well for the Miami Dolphins. I hate the Dolphins, but it seems like every week I get more and more confident about this team. And it could all end in a second if Tua ultimately does get hurt. But they're minus three in this game in New England. Can you imagine Bill Belichick being three-point underdogs at home? The over-under is 46.5. And, and I like Miami on the money line, which is minus 154. If you do hit the over 46 and a half, because I thought they put up a ton of points last week and it wasn't like New England's defense was all that great last week. 46 and a half is not a crazy number to get to. If you hit the over at minus 110 and parlay them, you get plus 202. That's pretty good odds. It's Miami money line and the over one uh, over 46 and a half points to Monday night football. There's two games on Monday night, like I said, and then we will wrap it up. New Orleans is at Carolina. Carolina is plus three. The over-under is 40. I don't care for either one of these teams. I think New Orleans will win. Let's take New Orleans minus three and under 40 in the game. I actually think that'll hit. You parlay the two together, you got plus 233 odds. That's huge. I think Carolina is not very good. They're not going to score a lot of points. I think New Orleans also at the same time is also they're not particularly good and they won't score a ton of points. But I do think New Orleans wins, covers the minus three. I see them winning like 17 to 14, or I guess that wouldn't cover it. So let's say 17 to 13 or like 20 to 13, something like that. But I think the under 40 actually hits in this game, even though that's a very low number. And finally, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Another two games that people are probably going to overreact to. Cleveland dominated against the Cincinnati Bengals. Pittsburgh was dominated by San Francisco. I don't think those repeat itself. The number is not that crazy. It's only plus two and a half for Pittsburgh, even though they're at home. I think Pittsburgh will play a lot better. I think Cleveland will come back down to earth a little bit. But in this game, I do like Cleveland to win and cover the two and a half. I like their defense a lot. And if their defense can control the game and they can run the ball with Nick Chubb, they should be really, really good. And Deshaun Watson, I hate to say it because not a great dude, but he did enough in that game for them to win that game. So I like Deshaun Watson. I like Cleveland to win and cover. That's going to do it for the podcast. Again, no Monday episode. We'll be back on uh, on Wednesday. We will have a Monday episode with Bilal Paolo on the In-Flight Snack Podcast, so you could definitely listen to that there. Watch that on YouTube. Go follow the socials. been a lot of clips coming out uh, from that podcast as well. So until next time, like, subscribe, share it with the people you know and love, and until then, peace out. You were the best nights of my life. You got the light that always shines I miss the way that you move and the way I get high When you take me to your eyes Like I'm standing in the sky 
see your subway cars and your old graffiti I breathe your air when I land in another city I'll be that one that's got you printed on my bones Yeah, you're all I know Everywhere I go, oh, oh, why you change it up, oh, oh, always on my Flying on the highline With the sidewalks burning We pray for rain in July I want the Yankees 99 yeah. And the Knicks on a sold out night When the curtains close And the Broadway streets are alive hey. I need your heartbeat close Don't you ever leave me And I breathe your air When I land in another city And I'll be that one that's got you Printed on my bones Yeah, you're all I know Everywhere I go Oh, 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 oh I change it Oh, oh, oh Always on my I was God sent. I used to hit them courts yard and prospect. Take them long walks on my time spent. Just a kid with that empire, stay the mindset. Kick flipping off a blind deck. Dipping from the New York City's finest. Yeah, said I've been up on my New York shit. Walking down the block with my New York bitch. I can never leave my city, ain't nothing like it. Even if I do, though, I can never hide it. Top down on the west side when I'm driving. East side be the only side that I'm riding. I'm still here.